0: Toku Secrets is a podcast run by the Anime Secrets website. Check us out at AnimeSecrets.org for more anime, video game, tokusatsu content. Remember to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to
1: podcasts today. Hey everybody, it's Jason. It's Time Force, and you're
2: watching
3: Toku Secrets Podcast. Tokusatsu, taking the form of many shows including Super Sentai, Kamen Rider, and Metal Heroes. And today, a group of fans come together to review it for you as Toku Secrets. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Toku Secrets Podcast, presented by org. I am your host, Nathan DeSaw, and uh, we've had a little bit of uh, peace, uh, Riz and I. I know that uh, there was another podcast that was posted before this, but uh, Riz and I had a fun time at a... Ranger Stop and Pop, but unfortunately, uh, we have to get back to reality, and that means that we have to suffer through more D-Ranger, unfortunately. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we're going to be taking a look at 23 through 32 today. Uh, we have the whole crew on. I'm your host, uh, Boken and Silver, and I'm going to let the other guys introduce themselves. Go ahead, guys.
1: Uh, Pat, chink red here, and I want to get off this train already.
4: Hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Red, Gokai Red, and while I have many opinions about Zero Ranger, Dawn and Gekka Ranger still suck more.
1: There we go. Gotta but, have system early tonight. There we go. No, no, no. The
4: The rant I promised Nathan will come later. Don't worry. <laughs> Dang it. Of course.
0: And of course you can't forget Kyori Green Anthony Davis, but unfortunately I wasn't able to
5: go to Ranger Stop, so yeah. Well, you were forgotten about them. (laughs) So
3: another brief thing I want to say before we get started on this podcast. uh, In the time between uh, the Ranger Stop and Pop podcast that we did before this one and this one, I actually did start listening to this audio drama that Riz and Anthony have been talking about, and wow. (laughs) Like, it it is absolutely amazing, and I'm looking forward to taking a look at it. But would we do a comparison between that and G-Ranger? The answer is... Hell no, Hell because no. it'll be a
4: bloodbath. It, Mighty Morphin versus z Ranger versus Audio Drama is a bloodbath for Audio Drama to win. There is no comparison.
3: I'm still guaranteeing that when we do Time Ranger, there will be a versus with Time Force. I'm not saying that you that everyone will love Time Ranger more than Time Force, but I'm saying they'll think it's good enough to warrant a comparison
4: at least. Um, so, and I'll go. And we might have our first uh, full-time review guest for um, a series with that one. Yeah, that's Mark, right? Yeah, Mark uh, from Ranger Stop and Pop. Yeah, he was really cool. Um, Yeah. Oh, hi, Mark. (laughs) Mark Mark ain't here, but you'll meet Mark soon enough, and you're going to love him. So with that
3: said... No, that
0: was a reference to uh, the room. Room, yeah.
4: I've never seen it
0: should that
4: <laughs> it's a bit you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to okay, well,
3: unless you want to
0: let us
4: laugh not talk about
3: that um at least not in this podcast uh <laughs> so anyway um we're doing 23 through 32 so we're back to just doing the 10 um, episodes per segment um that said let's give a, a recap of what happened last time so reviewed a six episode story arc that introduced uh introduced Geki's long lost brother Burai who was revived from stasis and he was obsessed with killing Geki because he wanted to get revenge for the death of his parents and his wanted to achieve his father's dreams of world domination it's really complicated and if you want more details just go back and look at the Mm -hmm. podcast before um we're kind of confused there we're not going to go into Mm -hmm. details there uh Burai is of course Dragon Ranger. He battled against the Jew Rangers. He joined forces with Bondora and helped them kill Daijūjin. But Daijūjin revived himself, and then Burai uh, learned from the Spirit of Life Clotho that he only had a limited time to live. Uh, he has his own pocket dimension where he can stay, but he if he goes into the real world. This candle will slowly away, and, if, and once it burns away completely, he dies. And he was given his own dragon be- uh, guardian beast, Dragon Caesar, and then Burai uh, pretty much saw the of his ways. And he's joined the Geo Rangers, sort of, as uh, Dragon Ranger, but he's still keeping his life a secret. So we're going to move on to uh, the uh, episodes. Uh, we got a handful of filler episodes here. Um, first, we have the Knuckleball of Infatuation filler episode. None of the Jew Rangers really play a huge part in this episode. Pandora uh, creates this monster that makes people fall in love with First Sight, uh, which makes things complicated for this boy who wants to confess his love for a girl. A um, couple of things to note. Uh, it was kind of softly debuted in the previous episode, but it gets like a uh, proper debut here. Uh combination between Dragon Caesar and the um Ameth Triceratops and Sabretooth Tiger Guardian Beasts uh go Ryujin It's the Dragon Zord uh, fighting mode in um in Power Rangers. Uh this, um Bur Eye is a main character, but he's only uh he's only lightly credited. Uh like I said in previous ones, Six Rangers have never been added to the opening credits, but uh Dragon Caesar and Go Ryujin are added to the credits. Now, bur does not transform into Dragon Ranger. He only appears briefly. You summon Dragon Caesar, he doesn't transform, and then they acknowledge each other before bur runs off. If um, I didn't want to say something about this episode, I just spoke for quite a few minutes, so you guys can go ahead first.
1: Only thing I want to say about this episode is, you summed this up perfectly, It's a filler episode where none of the zoo rangers play a major
2: role. (laughs) (laughs) I have
4: some comments here, honestly, that I have to make. Watching this episode made me feel dirty. Because Goshi started kissing his sidecar? You have no idea. No, not just that, but I felt kind of uncomfortable about seeing children, like young children, running around trying to profess their love to other kids. And I felt like we had too much emphasis on that for my taste. And I just didn't. It made me feel really icky inside and I didn't like it.
0: You see, my version of that is the fact that the the little boy wanted to actually force this girl to fall in love with him. That was my issue. That kind of made me uncomfortable. I was like, dude, like essentially, essentially, you're doing. It's not consent. You know what I'm saying? This, this is this is why people always gotta say consent always matters, mm-hmm. especially in context.
3: And I'll be honest. I watched these episodes like people like, I, if, if people
0: like, oh, I know they're kids, but they're like, no. it, but still, it still, it's it's no excuse.
3: I, I watched these that. episodes like a couple of weeks ago. I'm pretty sure I had seen these already and made notes of them before Riz and I even met for ranger stop and pop so literally the only thing I remember about this episode is that there's a point where you know, she falls under the spell and he falls in love with the sidecar of his motorcycle which okay that's funny but <laughs> it's not the only thing I should be remembering from an episode <laughs>
1: there's your secret preview to O-Ranger
5: no,
2: much. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I'm gonna give
1: this one a five
5: I so, uh, Five. No man, this is a three.
0: <laughs> it's definitely a three, yeah, a major three.
4: Did y'all think this is a three? What is wrong with Dang. y'all think it's a two? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a
3: Dang. I'm gonna give it a three, I guess. <laughs> then I I'm just to, yeah, because I see some of the problems, but it just
4: didn't do anything for me, so one, of it, one <laughs> over, one over, <laughs> one over. Um
3: so now we got another filler episode where um it's boy-centric episode, and keep in mind every time I say something that's centric, it doesn't mean that it actually does anything for them. I I wish you guys could see me on video because I would always have to put up air quotes to say like, boy or Don-centric or whatever. Um.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. This, uh,
2: this is episode.
3: Hope <laughs> this is called Hope Springs A Turtle uh, where uh, there's... I think a lot of people might... Uh, even Mighty Morphin fans might remember this because they literally make a reference to the Mighty Morphin uh, equivalent episode in the Once and Always special. Um, so, uh, there's a turtle that has a traffic light on it, uh, Dora Tortoise. It was called, uh, I think it was called Shellshock in Power Rangers. Um, uh, he puts, uh, he's a monster that's created by Top Pad and Bookback and uses his powers on Boy to like make him just, you know, be... Forced to run, and he can't stop. Uh only see Burai again briefly. Uh, you know, he only appears to summon Dragon Caesar. He has no lines, and he never even transforms into Dragon Ranger. Uh, you now, I, I want to start off by just saying this. This is something that really annoys me. Uh, hey, so... Not able to form dijugin to form, uh, they're not able to activate dijugin to battle the monster, and it's mostly like the tyrannosaurus and like, dragon Caesar. And tyrannosaurus destroys the monster. That really annoyed me because, you know, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but like, there, like early sixth ranger mechs, it it, be, it was a while before sixth ranger mechs. I actually remember being regularly being capable of like destroying a monster by itself. Like first sixth Ranger Mech that I remember destroying a monster by itself was uh, King Pyramider, whatever King whatever Pyramidus was called. Yeah,
1: Great Pyramid. I remember
3: that destroying Great. a monster once in its debut, but I don't remember Tigers I don't remember Dragon mm-hmm. Caesar or Wan Tiger destroying a
5: monster by itself. Um. And did the Mega Wing? I can't remember that. Either. I can't remember. Not my really point tall, is, is, is that
3: my point Not is, is some, that no. this is early on for Dragon Caesar. Like this could have been an opportunity to let Dragon Caesar shine and destroy the monster by itself, and it didn't happen. So that's just a personal gripe that I have with it. I don't know. I, I hope it's a weird thing to harp on. I just I don't know. I I hate how. Go ahead, Patrick.
1: I mean, I mean it's, the first, it, it's the first instance of what we know as Sixth Ranger Syndrome, where they join the t- team and they're not as amazing as they yeah. were when they first appeared. <laughs> yeah. The first
3: one I remember that was regularly capable of destroying monsters by itself was uh, Bull Taurus, B- the Black Knight
1: mech. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That thing was unstoppable. <laughs> and, of course, the V-Rex, you know, the Q-Rex. <laughs> yeah.
3: Are going to say, Riz? I'm sorry.
4: Yeah, I was going to give my gripe about this episode. It's something I started to first notice in the previous episode, but I didn't feel like talking about it on the last episode made sense, like, for whatever it was, like, episode 23. But, so, my gripe here is where two episodes post Barai turning good and Geki knows it's his brother Geki and him have reconciled but then Geki doesn't seem to care about Barai all that much like he's not like where did Barai go why isn't Barai here what happened to Barai? or like you know even questioning it mentioning it why aren't they hanging out like he never questions anything it's like it's almost as if the Berai story arc, the this didn't happen. And I felt like that for most of episode 23 and part of 24, that maybe I had a fever dream and Berai didn't really
1: exist. Mm-hmm. Because the, G- the Rangers don't seem to remember it. You know, it's funny you mentioned that, because I was having that same feeling during the last episode that we're looking at today, because it happens after the end of that big story arc where Bandor's big plan basically falls flat. and the next episode, she's just back to status quo. Like, there's it, no, like, there's no fallout. There's no, no there's fallout, that. Yeah. And, I mean, okay, so
4: my other complaint here is I feel like, I feel like it's something I should have said in the last podcast, but I think I was still kind of digesting what I had watched at the time. But the way Geki and the group quickly accepted Barai gave me whiplash. Like it was an instant, oh my God, Barai, you're one of us. We love you. You're amazing. I noted it in Mighty Morphin, but I was more okay with it in Mighty Morphin than I was here because at least after Tommy joined the team, Tommy was there in civilian form on and off doing his own thing, and you could see him, he was hanging out with the group. He just conveniently was always doing something else when the monster attacks, so he didn't have his communicator on him. That's At least they made an attempt to keep him relevant. Mm -hmm. But they don't keep Bri relevant, and it bugs the ever-living crap out of me.
2: But with
4: all that said... Still better than freaking Gecky Ranger and Don. Because, dear God,
2: Don is. sucks,
4: and Gecky Ranger is <laughs> the worst thing to ever exist. And Nathan, this is <laughs> payback for Ranger Stop and pops recap that I, where I couldn't do this because we had guests on the line, and I wanted to be nice to them and not endure and let them endure this rant that I'm giving you right now, because I have to remind you that anything <laughs> I've seen in Gecky Ranger so far, and no, sorry. Anything I've seen in Zero Ranger so far is still better than the garbage I saw in Gekki Ranger.
1: Man, I ran out of grape soda at the wrong time.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'm just saying, okay. I'm just saying. You get despite it out me of your <laughs> despite me complaining about the Barai stuff, I'd still rather watch that garbage than the Gekki G- Ranger garbage. You good? You got it out of your system now? <laughs> I'm just it's gone. I,
3: I'm it's not even going to say that name anymore. I'm going to call, call it, it the J-word at this point.
1: Yeah, the J-word. <laughs> we, we, need, we need one of those sound the, the,
0: the J-word with, and the G-word.
1: We need one of those sound boards that every time someone gets ready to say it, you just bleep us. <laughs> so,
4: okay, you, you say that. And I'm gonna give a quick shout out to some friends of mine, and then I'm gonna tell you the story. Shout out to my friends at the Power Trip podcast. They're amazing. Um, their Nathan Nathan Marchand has a soundboard, and every time they accidentally curse on the podcast, he, he edits in the Dragon Dagger noise over the curse. Oh board. wow!
5: <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sounds like an editing trope we so need every to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: That's hilarious. It is. It's
4: so great. But yeah, Nate, that was what I promised you last time. So I've had to fulfill my promise to you.
5: <laughs> now back back
4: to my complaint train, because I'm not done yet. I, I have to say. I, I really enjoyed the Mighty Morphin episode that Chemstrom hopes brings to A-Turtle a lot. I thought it was a really cool episode. It, it didn't really do a lot, you know? Like, there's not any big thing with it, but I don't know. I just always fondly look back at the turtle monster in Mighty Morphin as one of my favorite, like, villain monster things. It's memorable enough for them and to make a
3: reference in Once and Always, so...
4: Well well yeah, but not only that, but I just enjoyed the I just enjoyed the villain even in the Mighty Morphin episode, once and always, you know, aside. I I just it it, it stung a little bit to me to see less effort put into the Sentai episode than the adaptation did in America.
5: Hmm.
2: Because
5: I don't know. It's spelled lazy writing.
4: Mm-hmm. Sums up the whole season right there. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but, hell... <laughs> but the lazy writing is still better than the damn stuff we got in Geku Ranger. <laughs> you said you were done. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, we can be on episode 200 of Toku Secrets and I'll never be done. <laughs> but you want to this is all want to say told. anything about this episode, Anthony?
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: <laughs>
0: nothing. I just, this episode's kind of
1: just was like a more like a mad episode. I'm calling him mad. I, I actually what was that? Patrick? Yeah, it's, I forgot about it. This episode. I forgot about this episode completely. <laughs> My original notes. I
3: gave it a five, but honestly, the more I think about it, that gripe that I have with Dragon Caesar not destroying the monster and No, if it's a huge gripe, but like this was an opportunity for him to do that. So I'm probably gonna give this a three, actually.
1: Yes, the same.
4: Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give this a three just to keep the uniform, but I was originally gonna say a four. Would we agree that it would have been
3: cooler if Dragon Caesar just destroyed the monster by itself?
4: I mean, would have been cooler
1: if Geki actually remembered he had a brother that was the Ranger.
3: And that would be cool too.
1: I'm glad that you're. I'm. I'm glad that you're starting to see why I don't like Geki as a character very much. <laughs> I mean, okay, but like, Geki
4: isn't a bad character. Not yet. He's not. He's not a character <laughs> that I want to punch in the face. Not yet. He's not Don. Not yet. <laughs> not yet.
1: Not yet. He will not be Don. We still haven't gotten to the part that really makes me hate Geki, but.
4: Is it in this set of episodes?
1: No, we haven't got, I haven't even seen those episodes yet. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll <clears throat> wait then. That'll be in the next batch of episodes. Got you.
3: Yeah, we're going to move on to uh, episode uh, 25, The Park Where Demons Dwell. Uh, G-centric episode filler. Again, I had air quotes over Goshi-centric. Um,. <laughs> uh so in this episode, uh Bondora curses a park statue that creates toxic moths that poison children. What's weird is that Bur eye even though Bur Eye's role in this episode is exactly the same as the other two, where, you know, he just shows up at the last minute to uh, summon Dragon Caesar, uh, he actually transforms into Dragon Ranger. Or he does. Not sure why. <laughs> that was kinda weird, but uh, what, at least with Tommy, it makes sense because you know he, for him to morph because you know they have to like transition to the Sentai footage, I guess. So, like with Burai, like I don't know, but I I don't know what else to say. Like, it, it, I guess this episode tries to have an environmental, like honestly, this is probably the worst episode of the whole batch because I cannot remember a single thing from it. So, what
1: what else, what did you guys think of this one? Yeah. I mean, that's basically what I say too. It's just who cares?
4: <laughs> I'm gonna echo Patrick yeah. and say that. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm getting. Yeah,
1: and Zoo Ranger filler, Zoo Ranger filler episodes are just the most bland, forgettable garbage <laughs> you could possibly get out of Super Sentai. <laughs>
4: I mean, it's, it's, it's like, like we're nothing doing- happens. <laughs> It's like we're going through the motions, and that's it. There's nothing to it beyond
1: that. Yeah, there's no no depth to any of these episodes. Like, I mean, at least... Some Jetman episodes had a point. Not all of them, but some of them did. Like,
4: Jetman had better writing than this. (laughs) Like, I know I don't like some of the stuff in Jetman, but... Jetman, at least, they made an attempt to have a good story... And the characters, and were they had a really good work. villain.
1: Yeah, the villains were good. The characters were written well enough to where you just want to watch it for them. But we, yeah. we can't say that here. So these filler episodes are just who, just whatever. Who cares? They don't. They don't Nobody matter. cares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Given this one, go
4: that's the, I was gonna say that's the that's the problem here is that nobody cares for these
1: episodes. Like they're and, just. And Bears. yeah, and, that, and the this, this point we're talking about is going to lead to my big rant at the end of the story arc we're about to cover.
4: Yeah. Like, <clears throat> okay, so my last thing I want to say is z- these filler episodes from Zero <clears throat> Ranger are just template Super Sentai episode. It goes through the motions. You have the Sentai Rangers do something. They have a conflict. They have to resolve a the conflict. They fight the monster. They destroy a the monster. Monster grows to be sixty-five thousand feet tall. They use a the megazord and destroy it. That's the basic formula for a Super Sentai episode, and that's all we're getting out of Z-Ranger. There's no creativity. There's no engaging story, character development, or anything.
2: I'm
3: giving
5: this episode a two. I mean, if we, we wanted to
0: get, ma- get this thing over we're done with sooner than later.
5: Yeah, I was what like Nate for the huh? What do you say, Anthony?
0: I said, I said, this thing we might get this, this, uh, this whole uh thing quicker than you
1: than usual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was about to say, Nate, for the next two episodes, we could just say the same thing because there's nothing of value. in No, I them think either. the next episode <laughs> has some value
3: to it, but I'll explain later. Uh, I'm giving this episode a 25 at two. It's just really forgettable.
1: Yeah. Uh,
3: Riz.
0: yeah. We have the two as well.
4: Yeah. I'm going to give it a five because it's bland and nothing really happened. It's not terrible. It's just bland. <laughs> it's it's
1: so bad that it doesn't even deserve a low score.
2: <laughs> well, no. Heck, more,
4: I, remember,
5: I remember the Mighty Warp adapted episode in this.
4: Well, okay. So here's my thing. I don't give low scores unless I actually dislike the episode. Mm. I don't dislike the episode. I just don't care about the episode.
2: Mm. Mm.
4: There's I a guess, difference to that, and when yeah, I don't I mean, care, I consider it bland, and if it's bland, it's not worth talking about.
1: I mean, bland is a five, so makes sense. Yeah. So, <sighs> yeah.
3: We can move on to one episode that I... Okay, it's not amazing, but I still think that it's entertaining in a very stupid way. Um, this is called Be Careful of Shaved Ice, Uh it's a Don and May centric kind of episode, and uh, this is one of those episodes where, if you've seen the Power Rangers episode, and you know the plot of this one, because the plots are basically identical, um, where uh, Dan and May get these, uh, get this poison put into their shaved ice, and it turns them into these punks. It was adapted into uh, Power Ranger punks. Uh, the the only difference is that, um, is that. At the Monty Morphin episode came out bef- um, in the pre-Green with Evil era. This is a post-Bur-Eye episode, but they're able to get away with that because, remember, Bur-Eye isn't part of the main team, so he just doesn't appear in this episode at all, uh, which is cool. Uh, I, and, you know, I'm going to disagree with what Patrick said about how this episode doesn't have much to it because I thought that this episode was kind of hilarious, you know? I mean, how, like... Links that the episode will will take to make Don and May look like punks. I mean, May breaks a chair over boy's head. A beat up a bunch of punks just because they're bored, and they bust <laughs> up a drug deal with guns. Like, <laughs> how can you not find that a, at least a little bit hilarious?
4: It's entertaining. Uh, it's it's fun. <clears throat> it it's not like great story writing. It doesn't do anything for characters, but. At least I can laugh at the fact that Boyd is over here. Oh, I oh you know
5: what?
0: I, you know, I'll give this episode this credit. At least it did make me laugh a little bit.
5: And I'm going to give it a... I don't know credit. if I would call this better than the Power Rangers
3: episode because Punk, Billy, and Kimberly are just hilarious how they play off of Bulk and Skull and how they just go around
2: like...
4: Well, that's because Kimberly and Billy are written better than my and Dan and Bulk and Skull are infinitely better than any of the kids we've seen in this damn season.
3: So didn't you notice that there's no Child of the Day <laughs> plot in this episode? That's another reason why I liked it.
5: You know what? <laughs> You're That's right. That's probably the reason why I was, you know it was a race so high. Was, uh, race
4: you know what, Nate? You know what? I retract my six. This yeah. will get a seven.
5: <laughs> you know just for spite <laughs> just for the spite,
2: just the they, spite could forced, they, they could have
3: forced a child of the day plot where like Don and May are being friends with this little boy and then all of a sudden they get turned into punks and they're just bullying that boy like but no they didn't do it the whole plot is just oh no Don and May have been turned into punks and we gotta save them like okay it's a filler plot but at least there's no stupid kid
5: involved <laughs> See, they do have self it, restraint. It's <laughs> like they know how to write a story,
4: but they don't know how to copy and paste the process for all the episodes.
3: Still, I, I think Kimberly. I guess I would say that Kimberly and Billy are funnier as punks because they throw around a bunch of Beavis and Butthead esque pun- puns. Like when they see the, you know, the, the frog monster on the viewing globe, Kimberly's like, Haha, that stupid frog monster, <laughs> Wartsville. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I found this episode entertaining. It, it's that doesn't mean that it's great. It, it's like that episode where the kid gets turned into a giant and tries to fight the Megazord. Okay, it's probably not a good episode, but I found it entertaining, and that's why I'm giving it an eight out of ten. Not saying that it's a great substantive episode, but I got entertained by it.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna agree with Riz just because there's no kid of the week. I'm giving it a seven for spite. Miss Seven as well. Just, just
5: that, 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 we I was like, you know
3: what? You right. the The only wh- what would you give it, Anthony? The only other thing I'll say I'll is is that I think well. Star Fusion said it best, and this probably is a huge statement on how Power Rangers... like hmm. both have the same plot, but. The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers episode tends to focus more on Billy and Kimberly as people, so it's more character-driven, while G.U. Ranger is just having more fun with the concept. But I think that's a huge statement on how the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers are just better characters. Mm-hmm.
5: Um, Seconded, yeah. Oh, so after that, uh, we have another
3: filler episode before we move into... Um, the actual meat of this podcast because there is actually, actually some meat here. Um, a centric filler episode where, uh, Bondora has this flower monster that's, you know, causing all this damage and may consider sacrificing herself. Uh, I appears again, but he only appears briefly and he only appears transformed in this episode. Uh, To be told, you might recall I said earlier in this podcast that I watched all these episodes, like, a while ago. I don't remember a
1: single thing from this episode, actually. (laughs) To be honest. I watched these these episodes this morning, and I don't remember this episode.
4: I hated the cockroaches Uh, in this episode.
1: That's
3: not the... that's the next episode,
1: dude. No, that's the next episode.
4: Okay, I will repeat that statement next
5: episode. (laughs) Then I remember nothing about this episode. What about you, Anthony? You got anything to say? Nah, not really. If none of us remember this episode...
1: I'm just going to give it a five. I
3: don't remember anything. It's just math. (laughs)
1: I'm going to give it a five. I'll give it an an imaginary imaginary five. (laughs) because I'm not sure this episode was real
5: (laughs) you're going to go to 5i
1: yeah
2: Uh, 5i just
4: don't try and square
3: root Uh, (laughs) so now we can move on to the big parts Uh, the the next couple of episodes uh, are actually uh, really they have some bigger plot implications or what passes for plot in this Sentai um, we get a four-part episode, um, which uh, um, th- two of these episodes were adapted into, like, standard episodes of Mighty Morphin, while the other two were adapted into their own two-parter. So, first we get episode 28, Clay Monsters, New and Improved, where it's revealed that uh, da, uh, that Bondora is digging up, uh, um, you know, this more powerful clay called Dokita. Um, it's actually under a, a ramen shop that Don works for. And it allows her to create uh, more powerful Dora monsters. Uh, the first one is the Frankenstein monster, uh, Dora Frank, Dora Frankie. And um, and the episode ends with Dora Frankie overpowering the Dai Jujin and, um, you know, them needing to call Burai for help. That then leads to our next episode, a mystery, the attacking... East King God, where, uh, pretty much, um, at the beginning of this episode, uh, Geki and Burai get sent to a new, to, away from Daijujin to go find, uh, a new weapon to help battle the Dokita clay creations, because they've also powered up the golems. Very similar to that, the episode, the actual Power Rangers episode, Gung Ho, where Tommy and Jason have to go get those new weapons, uh, Burai, um, he confronts Burai on why he keeps disappearing but Burai doesn't want to tell him Um, they have to get through this guardian Beast. we meet another guardian beast who uh, arrives as like the guardian of the weapons he's a white brachiosaurus like guardian beast called King Brachion Um, thing to note um, because this is going to be someone that regularly appears is that uh, and you'll know this if you've seen the Power Rangers episode uh, when they're they get the weapons. Uh, Burai transfers his dragon armor to Geki. So in this case, uh, Burai keeps the arm cuffs. So, this is the first time that Tyranno Ranger has his dragon armor form. They get the new weapons, the Thunderslingers, which they're able to use to defeat Dora Frankie, but then Dora Frankie transforms into a more powerful zombie form, Zombie Frankie. And there's this pillar that appears in the middle of the city. We move on to the next part. Uh, both of these episodes were adapted into Island of Illusion in Power Rangers, where uh, revealed. Uh, so you know how um, you know how uh, Mech is basically God. Well, guess who the main villain? You know the person who turned Bondora is is basically Satan. In fact, his name is Di Satan. So yeah, we're literally dealing with the devil. And now in Geo Ranger, Um, Dai Satan. um, So (laughs) it's revealed from Barza, Dai Satan fought against Dai Jujin many years ago when he got sent back into hell when he lost their battle, and apparently Bondora sold her soul to Dai Satan, so the devil to become the witch she is. Uh, most of this episode is Bondora trying to get this uh this one child as a sacrifice to revive Daisatin because, you know, she needs thirteen children. And G-Rang- and most of the episode is the G-Rangers trying to save her before she gets captured. And Daisotin shows up and he powers up uh, he, uh zombie Frankie into his more powerful Satin Frankie and it almost destroys Dai Jujan, which then leads us to Our fourth and final part, where Jujin and Dragon Caesar are threatening to be melted from this acid that Daisoten has put on them. And they have to go and unlock their uh, Jujin's ultimate form. Uh, And it's here that the Jew Rangers actually find out about Burai. I'm going to comment more on this, but they actually um, get told about... Jujin's ultimate form and how he was weakened after he defeated Daisatan from uh, from Clotho when Clotho reveals to Burai that he only has 15 hours to live and um cut kind a of long story short the G-Rangers all go through like this quest to uh obtain to unlock Jujin's ultimate form and you know they you know they fight and you know they ultimately are able to find this seal they unlock it, which allows Daijujin to combine with Dragon Caesar to form Jutei Daijujin, like a dragon sword. That defeats Satin Frankie. And then they combine with Brachion to form Ultimate Daijujin, which uh, defeats Daijujin. And that's how the episode ends. And uh, I just spoke for about five minutes, so uh, anybody want to give their thoughts on this four-parter first? Uh, because I just spoke for quite a bit, so go ahead, guys. Go ahead. Can I say something?
5: Can I say something? Okay, Anthony, go first. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> and that monster's very disturbing. <laughs>
0: I can see why Power Rangers like, decided not to use that footage. Permanently to the, yeah. To the um to the uh Dora yeah, zombie form. <laughs>
5: Yeah. I mean, guy, guy, I mean,
0: okay. I just want to be sure I, I didn't really hear what we said to say.
4: Now I was asking, did you mean Dora Frankie or do you mean um zombie? But you said zombie, so i I, <coughs> I meant I
5: meant yeah. zombie.
2: You
4: know, I, I have a question uh, uh, I we get into more analysis stuff here. Yeah, go so, yeah, go ahead. Um did did we not I thought I read somewhere that Dead. Mighty Morphin adopted every single monster a week into Mighty Morphin, right?
5: So but then how did,
2: do we
4: not have a But, actually, but really, what actually happened
0: was they destroyed uh, the Frankenstein monster, but they didn't actually show the footage of him transforming. What they did was they, they did a quick edit of him exploding and then had another monster appear later on in the uh, Iron Illusion.
4: Yeah, and I remember that, but I was surprised that it didn't link it. His
3: zombie and uh, satanic forms were turned into another monster called Mutitus.
0: Yeah, it was they just made them two different monsters
1: in the uh, power Rangers season.
3: Patrick, did you want to say something?
1: <clears throat> um, I'll let Riz go first.
4: I want to let Patrick go first.
1: Why? Because <laughs> I want
4: entertainment, damn it. <laughs>
3: and there's one thing i forgot to mention uh in the uh section uh we actually find out a little bit more about Eye. i don't know why clotho is just now revealing this and we'll i'll talk about that in a second but apparently the reason why Eye is in this state is because he's actually dead um so as you know uh buri was in stasis uh while in a cave, and while he was in stasis, the cave collapsed on top of him and it killed him, and Clotho revived him at the request of Daijujin, which makes this episode even more confusing. But I'll bring that up in a minute. I just I forgot to mention that. We actually know more about why Burai is his state. I don't know why Clotho is just now revealing this, but Oh Ranger. Mm. Bad bad writing. Okay. So you guys- oh, okay, Patrick, entertain Sorry me. Let's that.
1: go.
5: <laughs> so, where, how do I start this? I, would. Well, I start the beginning.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to do this season because I wanted to get more concrete opinions on what it was I didn't like about it. And so far, it was just, you know, bland, characters were written not to, they weren't written at all but it was this story arc that kind of got my uh, my thoughts set because i genuinely don't find this story arc bad because it's 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 actually kind of twisted even for sentai standards you find out that bandora sold her soul to the devil and she's trying to sacrifice kids to revive satan and it's basically turns into god versus satan it's like a it's like a biblical thing and you're thinking, oh man, years. this season this season must be really dark and twisted and everything. But no, it's the most childish sentai we've ever watched. <laughs> um but it, it yeah. but they tried to write this arc as a reflection on their journey up to this point. Because they did this thing at the very end where they reached that altar. Where they were told to scream into the heavens what, they're, what they were the warrior of, and, and in other Sentais, this would be like they would reflect on moments from like the beginning of the season up until now that would showcase you know what their role on the team was, but no, they reflected the things that happened five minutes ago. <laughs> like like, like well, who was it? It was a uh, boy, the warrior of hope. Yeah, you, so you you look back to a moment five minutes ago when you told five kids who were on the ground dying to not, don't give up. That That's all it takes? For you to be a warrior hope? Are you
2: kidding Dude, me? Patrick,
4: Patrick, <laughs> hang on. I gotta make this comment real quick. Go for it. <clears throat> Danny from Wild Force is written better than Boy. Yeah,
5: yeah. Oh? Who? Who? <laughs> who? Just no, that I'm not met saying I
4: met him. I'm saying it because say- Danny's character also says never give up, don't lose hope. But it actually meant something there despite how much I trolled yeah, his character. But, said, in this did. Case, did. but in this case, it's a throwaway line that's getting all this attention like five minutes later for no reason. I know. At least at <clears throat> least Danny, for all his faults as a character, by the way, Zach Goodwin's a really great guy. I love him to death. Um, but um, freaking just everything about Boy's thing there was the last minute kind of save. Like, oh yeah, we need to make him a avatar of hope or whatever. Let's have him reflect on something from five minutes ago. But Danny has been saying from the beginning, episode one of Walford, Mm -hmm. never give up, never give up. And while I don't like that saying. All that much because it irritated me in Wall Force the amount of times they said it and the frequency they said it at. At least he had a consistent thing that he was known for. Uh, before before the little thing happened here, Pat. Like, what did we know Boy for? What was his? Who
1: was this guy? You know, like there, there's nothing exactly. Like you look at all of these characters and like they. Is the warrior of love because she's the girl? Sure. Boy is the warrior of hope because shut up,
5: Go. She is the yeah, warrior of wisdom. Up. That that one actually makes sense. I mean, what is Go? Yeah, they trying to make. Been trying to make Go. She had to
3: be this. Yeah, because he has, yeah. been, so he, has he has
1: shown wisdom. to be more tactical. Dan being the warrior of courage is just an insult to us viewers. <laughs> There's nothing courageous about this guy. Well,
5: the way the way (laughs) I
4: read that was Dan's the avatar of courage. I keep saying avatar. I don't know why. It just seems to flow better. Live with it. Um, But Dan's courage is being mistaken for his stupidity.
5: Exactly.
4: Because.
1: You
5: can't say Because we've had episodes stupidity. in the past where he
1: ran out like a coward or something a few yeah. times. There's nothing yeah. courageous about this doofus. <laughs> Geki is more courageous yeah. than him. Exactly. And bribing power and Geki being justice is just whatever. But they're trying to pass this off as a grand moment. When up to this point, like you said a few minutes ago, Riz, there's we know nothing about these people. This just feels like... Even...
2: Even
1: Yeah, like... Really even Like, this whole moment just feels like... It, it's just a microcosm of everything that I don't like about this season. It's just one-note,
5: rushed bullcrap. That means nothing. Like, the... It,
3: Brian Gekki statements really annoyed me. Like, I, I kind of get... I probably am willing to give May... Boy and Don a little bit more of a free pass, I guess. Maybe not that much,
5: <laughs> you guys have wanted out, but That's Patrick, it. Let's
4: put it Patrick. Way. Patrick, air high five but, across the state line. Yeah, woo.
5: Our <laughs> hands on it in Louisiana.
3: Geki and Burai, the same power and justice just kind of annoyed me because that that I, I don't even know how they. I don't even know how you could say that like Bur let what Bur did led him to be that like was warrior just of power that's, i mean he is the just strongest, the
1: most that's stereotypically it. bland titles you can give people
5: well it's stereotypical for the right to be power couldn't you give Couldn't <laughs> you give bry
3: like the warrior of passion or something because of like how passionate he's been with like what he Wanted to do and like, you know, or hell, you could even do someone where he wants to make amends for what he did when he was evil and now he's like, you know, you could say warrior of redemption yeah, or atonement or something. Yeah, because that that actually
0: would have been been a lot better.
1: But, like, this whole segment right here just agitated me so much when I was watching it again because it just... They try to make it so grand, and there's just nothing to it. But then I also want to back up to Clotho's explanation, because there's a line in here that made me laugh. Klotho, it's like, well then, why am I dead if these rocks fell on me? Because Dijusion wanted me to revive you so we can have Dragon Caesar accessible to create Ultimate Dijujun.
3: Back, this is exactly back what
1: I was going to episodes, bring up. Why did you tell Gecky to kill him? <laughs> Jujub was ordering you to kill him. Oh my god! This this literally breaks. C- kill it's him, Gecky. Why? I wanted him to be alive, but I I don't now. What? It's what? like, but you already, but he, you already let him die. But once, right? And it's like, shut up. <laughs> I wanted him to be brought back to life so I could kill him again. What? <laughs> Like I like I Seriously? mentioned at the start of the season, Daisuji is an idiot. <laughs> yeah, the biggest. Is- I will say
4: this, and Nate and awesome. Anthony can back me up here. The equivalent of Daisuji in, in the audio drama is way better than this.
2: Yes,
1: I will this? Definitely, definitely does the Dino Megazord have a personality in that? Each zord has their own personality. Oh, so they they take the Guardian Beast concept
5: and improve Mm -hmm. on it. Cool, I like that for Mighty Morphin. Now, I do want to say this about
3: um, this episode. Like, so, Patrick said, I feel like it's a mixed bag with how they get Ultimate Dai jujin. but something that I do want to say, I still think that this is a little bit better than Island of Illusion, because... Because here, here's the thing. So this episode, it's a pretty standard story, and it has some great elements. It's really undermined by all the bad writing that came out before. But if we look at this for what it is by itself without taking out taking out all the bad writing that came before, it's a watchable, passable episode. And it has a standard plot where the G-Rangers' mechs are damaged, and... They need to uh, go in, on a quest to upgrade their arsenal. They go through the quest, and they and they get the upgrade. But in the but in the case of the Power Rangers episode, so we have the um, first of all them going to the island of illusion. It's not some quest that Zordon sends them on. It's just it's something that Rita sends them to, as their uh, as a plan to destroy the rangers a second part is just a big repetitive clip show where rita or goldar or someone shows up and says hey place ranger's name here you suck and then they're like oh yeah that's right i do suck and then the short dude comes out and says no you don't suck and here's and remember this moment where you didn't suck and then they remember that moment where they didn't suck it's like oh yeah i don't suck okay everything's happy here That's pretty was what happened then, the o- and uh, the only one the only two ones that had anything vaguely resembling a character deep dive is Blee being upset <laughs> that he can't figure things out when he's so intelligent. Okay, I can I I can I can do with that. And Jason be being told that he's a terrible leader because he led them in a the situation. Okay, I can do that. But there's other ones like Kimberly seeing an illusion of Bulk and Skull being all nice. Okay, that's funny, but how does that make, how does that make Kimberly freak out? And I know, she's like, oh, if Frida can make them do that, then what she can do to me? But that's just stupid.
0: That is, uh, it. It is kinda of, I can try to make an explanation. It's still going it to sound stupid regardless of what I say, but I will try to explain it the best way I can. I think what they were trying to do was make is that – Kimberly was freaked out because she assumed that, oh, if she can make, like, some idiots, like, Bulk and Skull, like, actually all nice and stuff like that, then, like, she can achieve anything as far as, like, you know, her match can go. But it's, like, even still, it doesn't work because, like, she could do this regardless, so it doesn't matter. You're freaking out over this, but it's, like, as she had actually, tell, like, you know, maybe got
5: them to kill each other, maybe that would have been like, oh, wow, that would have been more, you know, impactful. But no, you... But then they kind of continue on with the episode. They get through all these trials. Then they
3: leave, and then, oh, all of a sudden, without any buildup or any establishment... Have the ability to combine all their swords to form the Ultra Sword. Except, wait a minute! The Ultra Sword first appeared in the previous episode,
4: undermining this epic debut. <laughs> you got so <laughs> loud all of a sudden! Oh my god, my
1: ears! <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sorry, that just really frustrated me.
1: I can tell. You know, th- th- this—I th- was thinking about this while you're going on that tangent. Another thing about this arc, going back to. One of the very first points I made about Zoo Ranger about everything being spoon-fed to them. They get sent to this mystical land and they get told to go in that direction to find these new weapons. They find the new weapons that, for some reason, work on the new golems when all their other weapons just don't. No explanation as to why that makes sense. <laughs> and then, in his big book of perfect timed information they just like oh this is die satan and this is what he's doing and this is what she's doing and this is what you need to do to stop it and then they just like go that way and find this shrine and the shrine tells them exactly what they need to do and it just conveniently unlocks the ultimate form. like it, the, the the convenience train just doesn't stop with this show it never feels like these guys earn anything and it it's gotten exhausting
3: yeah, but I still think Ultimate Daijūjin <clears throat> feels earned a bit slightly more than the old Zord since in Power Rangers it just comes out of nowhere. While here, there's at least some buildup, and they went on a quest to do it. I get yeah. what you're saying that it's all convenient, but I still think it's just slightly a little bit more earned
1: than. Yeah, in Power that's Rangers. like one of the few things Zoo Ranger does better than Mighty Morphin. That
4: let us go,
1: yeah, I, I think I've hit on all the points I needed. You, know, like, you can Patrick, go, Riz.
4: Patrick, you said everything I really wanted to get onto. Anyway.
1: Oh, did I? <laughs> Lord, it's fine. I'm, I,
4: sorry, I, I, I'm sorry. That's what I wanted to do. I'm sorry.
5: I
3: got am sorry. I got a bit closer to my mic. It's just I, I, I don't understand why they had to put that episode, that filler episode, that debuts the Ultra Resort before they did Island of Illusion.
4: Oh, and Mighty Morphin. It's just really annoyed. Me. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't get it. Like, it made sense here in Z Ranger, and it was fine.
5: Um, I don't know. The only things that really kind of I want to harp on a little bit is it's
4: so creepy how it's always children involved in these plots somehow. Why can't we have a plot without the kids involved and just do something that's relevant to the characters? I mean, I read a blog a
3: while back that unfortunately most people can't read anymore. Uh, now, the blog itself was uh, mostly about, uh, you know, just the rough time that Super Sentai was going through before, um, which was around this time actually. And, uh, you know, they apparently said that uh, the the head writer of the Sentai, uh, and I brought him up, uh, Nobu, I, I, his name really escapes me because he's not good enough of a Sentai writer for me to remember his name, but all that. But like the guy who wrote the blog said that like, apparently the writer had like interest in like wanting to appeal to like smaller children. And that's why he included all the child of the day plots. I hope that's what it meant. Cause like the guy, and I spoke with the guy who wrote the blog himself. He's a really nice guy, but he apparently worded it as if like the writer had like an interest in children. Or something, which I really hope that's not... He doesn't mean that in a really bad way, but I guess it's just desperate to really appeal to children, so that's why we had all these children of the day plots,
5: if that makes sense. That I mean, and... it, 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 it feels kind of awkward now. I mean, it, it feels forced like if if if
1: the point if the point was to write it in a way to where the kids could relate and feel like intensity because this could happen to them, then
5: huh? sure, but at the same time, at the neglect of the main characters that were following, I know. <laughs>
1: Because I, I said this at one point in time, and I don't remember where, but Kaku Ranger had a similar approach to this, where the yokai like they ate children. That was like their substance that they needed, and so the Kaku Ranger had to ki- had to save kidnapped children. But the kids no. were never at the forefront of those plots. They were just they were just like background things that. As soon as they were freed, they ran off screen and they were not in the episodes anymore. That's how this should have been handled in every episode. But the kids are the main like
0: characters.
1: Yeah, that's one of the, yeah, One of yeah, many Kaku reasons is why Kakaranger... Yeah, it's one of many reasons why Kakaranger is better.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But the fact that the kids just continuously take the
5: forefront... It, it, I, I hate that. <laughs> we think of the uh um
3: before we uh move on to the uh just giving this just rating, and then we move on to one last episode uh what do we think of ultimate daijujin because this is like one of our first like big final mechs what do we think of that
4: i i thought it was well done i mean there's nothing it's titanus i mean i loved titanus growing up it's a great mech it was a great yeah. first carrier zord type thing for an ultra zord combination so Literally nothing about it can be negative to me.
1: I just... The thing I've always loved about this form was that this attack is named Grand Banisher, which is kind of cool. But it's literally just fire all the weapons, and I like that.
4: <laughs> okay, so I don't remember the character or what, I, what TV said it is in, but I get the vibe of like this really happy, giddy person who's given a console with all the buttons, and they're told, press all the buttons at the same time. They get super excited. And yeah, exactly. And because they just release
1: everything. Because they cut to the shot of him shooting everything, and it was just rockets flying in every direction. And <laughs> rockets and lasers and maybe
4: bullets, honestly. I don't even yeah, know,
1: it's, man. Yeah, it's just so chaotic, and I love it.
4: <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty great. Um, but no, King Brachion and the Ultimate Daijūjin. I have zero complaints about it. You can't. You can't hate it. It's the OG. Yeah. Definitely not. Heroes, you know.
3: Mm. Also, a little bit of a fun fact here. Uh, I, I was actually. I found this out. I actually found this on a random YouTube uh, video. Um, so uh, we also see Jute Daijūjin, uh, which is the equivalent of the Mega Dragon Zord, which. So technically, it appears a lot from this point forward because it has to be part of the um, of the ultimate dijujin. But we rarely see Jutei Dijujin fight by itself. Like I think we're only going to see it fight like two more times. Apparently, from behind the scenes, that was because that mech is like very top heavy, and yep. I mean that because like, and the shoulders were like they were causing a lot of pain for the suit actors, so they had to, so they could rarely use that form, which is why every time you see Ultimate Dai Jujin, it's usually the toy, so. Yeah. Um, Yeah, just to move on to, uh, this, uh, like I said, this four-parter was a mixed bag. I'm gonna give it a six out of ten, because there's some good moments, but unfortunately if you put it in the context with the rest of the series,
1: it's there's a lot of issues with it yeah like yeah and that's part of the thing that irritates me so much is that the actual storyline for this four-parter is genuinely one of the best parts of zoo ranger but it's the build-up to it and like kind of the the quote-unquote payoff that they try to push at the end of it that just sours the whole deal so i think a six is pretty fair
5: I agree. I think the six is pretty good.
4: I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a bit nicer than that and give it a seven. Okay,
5: fair. Also, this is,
4: it's a mixed bag. There are things I didn't like. There are things that I liked, and honestly, nothing in here was extremely bad. Like I know me and Patrick harped a lot about hmm. the five moral compass things that they were trying to emulate at one point but in the grand scheme of z Ranger, it's still not that big of a deal to me (laughs) like it's bad storytelling obviously but i mean it's not it's just bland overall there's nothing that makes me want to go raids about how much i hate xan and Ranger here you know it's not that bad or it's not like anything amazing, like Senken or Gokai or something. It's just run-of-mill Sentai. And I know I say that a lot, but I truly
5: mean it for this season. It's just run-of-mill Sentai. Well, uh, to kind of uh, wrap up, we got one last episode, which is kind of an epilogue
3: to the via story arc uh, it's a geki centric episode, and believe it or not, I can actually say that without having to put up air quotes um this episode uh pretty much uh so in this episode, uh geki is all uh you know he's concerned about losing Burai because of you know he now the G Rangers now know what Burai is going through, and Bandura manipulates him by telling him that this latest monster can save Burai. So he doesn't want to destroy it. Um, and Geki is just, you know, he's completely mortified by it. But then Goshi restores his fighting spirit by disguising himself as this warrior and attacking Geki. And Geki regains his fighting spirit by vowing that he'll fight, find a way to save his brother. Uh, Burai only appears um, briefly. Uh, he never transforms. Uh, he only appears at the beginning in a dream and then at the end in a little vision for Geki. Uh, what did you guys think of this episode? Um, I, I actually have some... I'm going to go first. Go
4: ahead. Okay.
5: This is,
4: in my opinion, too little too late.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Like, my, my biggest complaint about the set of episodes is that Geki should have been glued into his brother's fate like seven episodes ago. Mm-hmm. When because Geki should have been wondering why does my brother only come out to play when when you're Dragon Zord? Why doesn't he come hang out with me? Why doesn't he come spend time with us? Like it, it's just awkward to me because You go from having this guy that's trying to kill you, to being your brother, to being a good guy, to not being around ever unless you need help to save your ass. It's just, it's so awkward, and I, I don't understand why it took them this long for Geki to be clued in about his brother's fate. And, like, this could have happened a long time ago, and we could have had a couple of episodes between mm-hmm. when this podcast Bats began until now, with Geki and them doing something to try and help Bari, to try and help him beat the clock, to break the curse, to do something, you know,
5: like... Too little, too this, this, this just feels like it's too little, too late.
2: Mm-hmm. So it
4: it, it's just, And I mean I'm certain Well okay I'm not certain because it's Zero range we're talking about But I'm hopeful That in our next Basta episodes They do try to affect some kind of Way to save Barai, and he spends some time Deliberating on a solution and not do more, oh, hi, random kid that I'm randomly friends with? What's your deal today?
0: <laughs> What's your issue for the week?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. Not a, I'm not a fan of how Geki handled it in this episode, though.
4: No, Geki... <clears throat> I can't curse on his podcast,
1: so I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Th- this,
0: is, this is the you You're being instance, stupid.
1: Yeah, this is the first instance of the terrible writing that Geki's going to be going through over the next, like, seven, eight episodes. Because how he, they write him handling this entire situation is just terrible.
4: It is. And the entire idea that Goshi had to fake an attack to get, uh, to get Geki to get his spirit back, mm-hmm. it does two things. On the plus side, it gives Gosey an actual reason to be the wisdom
5: guy. Exactly. That's why I he was was the only one I agreed with.
4: (laughs) But on the on the flip side of that,
5: Geki gave up too quickly. Like what the hell, man? Can't have any long character arcs in this show, god dang it. It just it,
4: it's, it could have... We could have had more, you know? Like, they just really dropped the ball on the writing here.
5: Oh, yeah. I mean,
1: the stupid thing is that Geki is going to sort of get a character arc going forward until the final uh, Bri arc ends. Yeah, And Nate and Anthony can kind of back me up on this. I think it regresses his character somehow.
3: <laughs> I think it's been a while since I've seen this, but I think
1: I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I honestly think it regresses him. So, I mean, you'll see when we get to the next batch of episodes, but the fact that this is the only real character arc we're going to get and it makes a character worse. Uh.
2: Ugh. <laughs> I just feel- yeah i want to
3: add some insult to injury to what riz has to say um like you know we've been talking about how jew ranger really brings a, like has an emphasis on mythology here here so like i said the plot of this episode is that on is tricking Geki into thinking that the monster could um could heal barai and the monster is called dora Narcissus. so i guess it's based on like a daffodil or and you know kind of I guess it kind of brings in like the mythology of narcissists but like why couldn't you like so it turns out that it's just a lie that it just can't heal but like when you have had a monster if it's based on a mythological creature if it actually has powers that can heal like phoenix because you know phoenix tears have healing powers uh you know um the bird <clears throat> called the caladrius which is said to be able to cure sickness and you know, or a unicorn because i've heard that like unicorns like you know the their horns have the ability to heal like i don't know i feel like this episode could have been a lot more powerful if the monster theoretically could heal burai and you know geki has to yeah. make that decision as opposed to just this where geki realizes that the monster can't heal burai and he just has to destroy it like I don't know. It would have been a lot more powerful if the monster had the theoretical ability to kill Kai. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, because it actually would have put it. It would have actually put a pretty heavy decision on his shoulders. Yeah, but it would have. But
2: yeah,
4: but, you
0: know, there's but, like the shame of to like you know go the extra step to be like more. What's the word for it? I guess. Take risks. If that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
5: Yeah. But I mean, I think, again, this is too little too late, but also...
4: Like, it just feels like bad writing overall, like this entire
1: thing. And, and and this is going back to the point of why this is the Sentai I hate the most. All of this dead space that we could have had good, you know, setting up for some subplots, given the characters any depth, any backstory, and it's just wasted potential from top to bottom. And that's the well, kind of stuff that drives I mean, me crazy. But see, the problem <laughs> that I have is yeah, there's
4: wasted potential, you're saying, but mm-hmm. I don't even see
1: the potential with these characters. There, there's nothing They're there slates. Well, I mean, well, that's what I'm saying. If they had given these characters any depth, then there could oh. be potential from that depth. That they give, but, the but potential they don't even could have
4: led to another Gecky Ranger. It
1: could have, but that, but we don't know.
5: They're, right? At, but least, like... at least,
1: at least to give us something that we could look at and see. You know, because like I said, they, these guys have come from a, a time and a world that just doesn't exist anymore. And I would like to see how they were back then and what their kingdoms were like, and you know how this, like, just something. But. I mean, Cause, y- yeah, but like... Because, I mean, we, we've, we've talked about this, that the Sentais of this era don't write the way that the Sentais of the current era do. Like, we compared Jetman to Shinkenger and how Shinkenger makes good use of its filler episodes. Yeah. But Jetman, but Jetman didn't really. But at least Jetman tr- established the characters in a way to where the filler episodes could have... Purpose and it made the story arcs that Jetman did have have some decent payoff.
5: But I'm going to summarize
4: sh- your Jetman thing real quick into a simple sentence. At least we felt something for the Jetman characters. Yeah,
5: and
1: it wasn't. It didn't lead to as much as it probably could have, but at least it led to something.
5: Yeah, giving I mean, us, so- giving us
1: any depth to these characters would. Greatly helped the story's plot and just overall feel, and that's what I mean about waste of potential. Is that I mean, given the the setup for this show with them being warriors from a lost time and this whole God versus Satan thing, they could have done something pretty intense with this, but
5: they I didn't mean, they even could've...
1: try. They could have done something
4: similar to what King Oats are doing right now.
1: Yeah, exactly. With mm-hmm. each of them, with each of them being from a different kingdom, they didn't necessarily see eye to eye. Back then, they had grudges with each other because you know their kingdoms maybe didn't agree with each other. Yeah, like
4: maybe Ghosty and Geki's kingdoms are
1: mortal enemies. We don't. Yeah, know. and they're they're stern towards one another because of that, and they have to work through that. But no, yeah. they're just all happy-go-lucky. They don't seem to miss the time period, and the families, and the people that they left behind, and they—they they just knew how to drive motorcycles five minutes after waking <laughs> up, and like, like, just there's just nothing. It's just everything is spoon-fed to you and to them instantly, and you just run with it. And See, uh, I kind I of hate this.
4: <laughs> I wish I could find a way to do research into. More about what the writers were thinking at that point in time when they were doing Z Ranger. I would too. Because I'm genuinely curious did they have pressure from the parent company? Did somebody tell them they have to include a child in every episode for the plot? like, I want to know where that, that came from. That might have been just...
3: Like a mandate. might have been just someone that the head writer was interested in, honestly.
2: I, mean, I don't if, think
1: so, because... I mean, you, if that was the case, then they really should have paid attention to the reception Jetman got, and then tried to write the season more like that. No, yeah, exactly. That's why I'm thinking
4: it's not the head writer that dictated this. Because... Any other head writer, I think, would not have been so cookie cutter, here's the episode every week. Like, we can walk into it knowing what to expect. Mm-hmm. The, if, it was, if it was a writer who had some freedom, yeah, you would have had some kids. And you'd probably know the kids' names and you know a little bit about the kids. And they'd actually have a relationship with the Z-Ranger if they're trying to do like an actual, like if there's an actual story behind what the writer was doing. But here it just, it feels to me like somebody higher up said, no, this is the formula. Go do it. Make it work. This will make us a lot of money because the kids will see themselves on TV and they're going to get excited and blah, 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 whatever. But I just, I don't think this is something in the writing team's, Plan. I think this is something they were forced to do by someone higher up. And then
1: maybe that's why Die Ranger went back to the more, you know, s- properly story driven with a cast that actually had some characterization because they realized yeah. that this was a mistake. You didn't like Die Ranger, though, yeah. Patrick. I mean, I don't like Die Ranger, but at least it had something to it granted most of it went to rear ranger but at least there yeah <laughs> at least it had at least it had a plot villains that had character and character and a core five team that had personalities i don't have to like them but you <laughs> it know was what? there I hate, I
0: hate the villains villains outfits so yes. much it, it, yeah. i hate them so much
4: <laughs> but like you know what they achieved here with zero ranger is nothing sort of Bland, boring, stereotypical Super Sentai
1: content with no depth. Yeah, like, I, I think I just came up with the best way to describe it. People keep saying that Tokusatsu is just a big toy commercial, but this season really feels like that it's just trying to be that and
4: nothing mm-hmm. else. It, it's not trying to be a toy commercial at the heart of it. It's it's not. Yes, the but, toy, toy
1: advertisement is a big part of it.
5: Yeah. But, but this season,
4: like,
1: this season feels like it's trying to be a toy commercial.
4: No, it doesn't feel like that to me. It feels like somebody higher up wants to try and connect to the kids more, and that makes me wonder. While Jetman was wildly successful at the time, were they losing the children demographic? And gaining more of an adult demographic that they didn't want. And they were trying to rectify that in this season by trying to lure the kids back.
5: Possibly. I'm genuinely curious about that. that. That's actually an interesting thing to think about. Because, think
1: about it. Because, look, if, I mean, even, even looking into Die Ranger, uh, Keeper Ranger was a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they may have had our cool first, thing. our first Kid Ranger in the next, huh? Yeah. Because they're
4: trying, because they're trying so hard to attract the kids back, and so you have,
5: uh, crap, Kiba Ranger is it? Yeah. And then you have King Ranger two seasons later.
1: I think that's also a kid, like a teenager, uh, yeah, sort of. Yeah, he he's not an adult. Yeah, sort of. <laughs>
4: I know it's complicated. I've kind of read spoiled myself on it a little bit, but yeah, sucks um, either way. No, I'm just I'm trying to think. Like, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know anything about Sentai before Jetman and all that much detail, but what I've read and what me and Nate talked about, especially when we're at Ranger Stop, the way the older Sentai sounded to me is that they're more or less. Adults that are the Sentai, and mm-hmm. they're like military figures, they're, um, you know, kings or queens or whatever, like from different planets. But th- they're not, it's not like Mighty Morphin, where you have these teenagers in school that we as the kids can relate to. You know, when I watched Mighty Morphin, I could, I could kind of relate to the fact that, okay. These five nerds are in school. I'm in school. I get it. But maybe I wouldn't care as much if the Mighty Morphin group were were militant, you know, like if they were from the army or the Navy. I mean Navy the one something. exception Would is what I one to...
3: exception is Turbo Ranger, where they're all high school students.
5: But but that's the point. They're still in school. We can yeah. relate to that. Regardless of, like, what grade
4: they're in, even a five-year-old can understand, okay, Jason is clearly older than me, but he's in school, he has a principal, I have a principal, he has a teacher, I have a teacher, I can understand what's going on here. And he has a superpower thing on the side that's pretty cool, and that's entertaining, and I like that. But end of the day, I can see myself a little bit in a character like Jason or Trini yes. or whoever. But if we're talking about these more adult themed things like um last season with Zetman, it was militant these people who were like, you know, farmers and rich people and whatever joining the military to help them take down the enemy. Me as a kid, I'll think, okay, that's fine, but I don't really care about these characters because I can't relate to them. So I'm kind of wondering, was there an attempt here with Zero Ranger to try and recaptivate the children audience because that's where the toy-making is, for, like the toy money-making is for them? Because I don't think the adults back then would have been that as interested in buying the toys as we are today.
3: I mean, that's probably one of the reasons why, you know, Mega Ranger, Sentai, that really helped, uh, you know, make Sentai really popular for a while. Because Mega Ranger,
4: they're high school students, too. Um... Right. Mm -hmm. And, like, it just seems like they tried different things until they got that formula.
5: That is an interesting way to to look at it. It,
4: it, It's just, it's the only way I can justify any of this.
3: Yes, but I think they were just trying way too hard with the children.
4: They did. They went to one extreme.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: They went from one extreme to the other extreme. They went from all adults, all super serious military people that we don't understand as kids, to here are all these kids, to finally a little bit of a balance with Die Ranger. And I know Patrick didn't like the characters, but at least there was a way to balance the adults. Yeah. And its kids a little bit with Kiba Ranger. And then, thankfully, yeah, in was. the
3: uh, the and third time, ta- the third Sentai that this writer would do uh, Kaku Ranger, he fought he actually managed to do the kid theme uh, pretty well. You know, third time's the charm, I guess. <clears throat> yeah.
1: Hey, Doctor. Are- no. Go ahead. Like I guess the yokai the yokai, the Yokai ate children. That was like their food source. Oh, okay. so they kidnapped kids all the time, and the Cocker Ranger had to save them, but they were never in the forefront.
4: No. so right. And I think that's when they started to try different tactics because I think they tried bringing the kid. <clears throat> then they tried to do something a little bit more serious to Cocker Ranger from what I'm hearing, I haven't seen Cocker yet. I've heard a little bit here and there. But from all I've heard, Cocker Ranger is a bit more serious, right? Second half. Mostly.
1: Yeah, second half is. Okay. They try to get a bit more serious. (laughs)
4: Then they try to kid thing again with King Ranger. Then they try a parody, because they don't know what else to do with themselves. And that actually (laughs) (laughs) works. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just a different way to look at it, Pat. And I think you're right. This is very interesting.
1: What do we want to... It's a shame that finding it's just a shame that finding that kind of information is like next to impossible. You can't find it. There's
4: no
5: now, way.
2: Yeah,
1: I know. I
4: mean, I'm almost tempted to ask some other content creators that we know and see if they have any insight. Because I know at least I know some other content creators that might have some insight, but I don't know who
2: I mean, so, if you're totally listening to this and
4: you have any insight on what the heck they were doing back then, please let me know because I'm deadly ser- uh, curious mm-hmm. right now. What do we want to give? The we just we kind of trailed off, such.
3: But what do we want to give this um this uh, Gecky Ranger episode? Five.
5: I'm gonna give it a five too. Five.
3: Five. Uh, so kind of already we kind of veered into a really deep dive about New ranger uh, You know, we don't really need to talk about the villains that much, because aside from and showing up, there's
5: not much. Uh... Nice. The <laughs> only thing I want to say about the mm. villains real quick,
4: when Bandora lost her eyesight and she went blind and she had the blood coming down her face,
5: that was really mm. creepy. Yeah, it was. Like that's something straight out of a
1: horror kind of thing. Not a
5: Sentai. Sentai that's trying to appeal to kids. kids.
1: Why is it I know why I know this that scene comes from the most childish Sentai. Right. Like <laughs> I don't understand. Oh, and boy. it completely
4: defeats my argument I made for the last twenty minutes.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: But I I don't know, it just it. That scene kind of stuck out to me a little bit because I, I was trying to think. It's like what the nostalgia critic said. No, go ahead. Sorry, Rose. I was thinking about. I was gonna say it sticks out in my mind because we didn't have it a Mighty Morphin, and to see Bandora with blood coming down her face,
5: I never, in the thirty years, would have ever thought that would be a thing I'd see. But
4: no, the, the villains are pretty much the same from before. There's nothing like, else to talk it's about. It's like what the Nostalgia Critic no. said back in the day.
2: You
3: know, for kids! You know, that whole thing, so. Yeah, for kids. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I guess, you know, uh, Riz, Yuseva, you, uh, before we started recording, you mentioned something about character rankings, so we can just go into the
5: character rankings now. Uh, how would you rank the Geo Rangers? <laughs> and, you know, of course you're gonna... top. Baria top, followed by my boy
4: and Dan, and Ghostie, followed by Geki. Geki loses mm-hmm. some points to my book because how long Attack took him to figure out that he has a brother after he
1: found out he has a brother. <laughs> it's like he forgot he had a brother, and then he what remembered. A, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I I'll have a brother." A, what a fantastic way to word that thought. <laughs> <It's>...
5: <laughs> All right, what about Patrick and Anthony? Um, uh, for me, it's going to be,
0: bro, I obviously at top, uh, Goshi, I want to put Geki third, but it's like, uh, like Riz said, I, he lost a points for me too. Cause I'm like, uh, so, but I'm still making my third anyway, because he's, he's still like the only, only one out of the, out of the, the, th- the three I just mentioned to still have character. Then it's uh May, then it's uh Boy, and lastly Don.
5: I want to clarify real
4: quick. I said Baria top followed by a tie with my boy Dan and Goosey. Right. Okay. I just want to clarify. Okay. There is a tie. Because they're all okay. bland with no story.
0: Obviously. Well, obviously.
4: <laughs> so they have nothing to distinguish them from being better or worse than each other, except for the fact that Geki is an idiot and he can't figure out if he has a brother.
1: (laughs) I'm actually going to be a bit of a contrarian here. I'm going to put Goshi at the top. Really? I I can actually see that from you. I I understand that. I get it. Because, I mean, it feels like he's the only one. I mean, Bri is going to be number two, but the reason he's not at number one is because he really hasn't been around enough. Yeah. Um and but Goshi also is the only one that's whose personality is really distinguishable at this point and isn't a pain in my rear end like Geki is. Um but I would put I'd probably put Geki at three just because like Anthony said, the others just are just cardboard cutouts. They don't have anything to them. So Geki's kind of at third by default. <laughs> but
4: but my my contention there, Pat, is Geki is also a cardboard cutout who's an idiot.
1: Oh no, he's he'll be dropping down the list when we get to the next batch mm-hmm. of episodes, but we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> so, yeah.
5: He's probably going to put
1: Goshi...
3: Uh, no, no, I'm going to put Burai as number one. I still think that, uh, especially at the end of his Sentai, I'm still going to say that Burai is at least an A tier sixth. Um, I'm going to put Goshi next. Honestly... I would honestly say that Goshi is like a B-tier Black Ranger, is, even at the end of this. Because, okay, there's deeper Black Ranger characters, but I don't think he's a bad character. Just poor... I don't know, he's like Anthony's guy, Soji, from Cure Uger. He's He would be a lot better if they actually focused on him. But for what we get, I mean, you gotta enjoy it, for what it yep. is. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, yeah. Well, no matter what he does, he can't live up to the hype that came before right. him.
2: Yeah, he is Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would put
4: May
3: after that. I think I don't know, May is just someone that I can't hate. She's just she's just adorable. She's a C tier pink. She's not bad. She's not good. Uh Boy is just forgettable. Uh P's D tier. I'd probably I, I put him after May. Uh honestly I thought really highly more of Geki when I originally watched this, but I'm gonna put Geki at uh Geki at number five, just because, yeah, the more more I listen to what Patrick has to say and what you guys have to say, I realize, yeah, this guy kind of sucks. Um, he's going to be D tier for me, and then it's Don at the end. Don is an F tier blue.
5: <laughs> I'm sorry. Um. Okay. I I just don't understand. So I thought I understood
4: why we hated Dan after the first podcast we did. But... Going forward the last twenty or so episodes or whatever we've done, Dan hasn't done anything that's like awful. He just kind he of He hasn't done anything for despair. me to forget the yeah. annoying stuff that he's done yep. in the past. But the annoying stuff he did in the past was like so short lived that it barely matters. I now.
5: guess, but even then I mean
4: Like, I I just don't understand the hate because, like, to me, Dan, yeah, he was annoying in the beginning, but he faded into the background. He's barely even a character nowadays.
1: I look at it like this we buried him at the start of the season and then forgot about him too much to go dig him out. Fair enough.
5: (laughs) So he's just just stuck down there.
4: (laughs) I mean, but I want to dug him up to put him in a tie with the other. Maybe
5: he just stayed dead,
4: or maybe he just <laughs> other maybe he just remembered that he died
5: in Jetman and then just went back to being dead. I mean, maybe, but like
4: he he doesn't do anything to make him be hated. Like when you tell me he's the most hated of the group, he had to have done something. Hey, to sure, earn he's that.
3: not as annoying as but, the other person. I'm not gonna mention any names but that guy sucks (laughs) I still don't I don't know maybe I just remember him being a lot more annoying last time but
4: even if I mean maybe last time he was more annoying but like watching it right now like do you do you honestly have an instance in the last 20 episodes that you can point to that makes you think Dan is the worst of the six?
3: Well, no, but none of these characters are really that interesting. Okay, so by default, he's just bad because he's done point. some
5: bad stuff in the past. Yes, but he, he has to do some... like.
4: He he kind of redeemed himself from my eyes by not doing anything. Either way. Yes. <laughs>
5: <laughs> he what took a, himself out a, of the wall by doing
0: nothing. What a, he nothing. What a he, sentence. He's he, he okay by default.
1: <laughs> what a sentence <laughs> that was. <laughs> he redeemed himself by doing Do nothing. Do you have any closing thoughts?
5: <laughs> so, he, so he basically magic
0: he is the magic cons from, Sponge, from Spongebob.
1: Basically. Yeah, do nothing.
5: The show nothing. has spoken.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: but like, okay, but but hear me out, dude. Like, Dan did some crappy stuff in the beginning. I get it. But then he lost all personality, and he just kind of existed in the background and morphed. Yes, I mean, into I'm
3: not saying that, that he's one it. of the worst Sentai Rangers ever. He's just kind of.
4: But you're putting him in the F tier, and that indicates that he's the baddest yeah, I other
2: F tier. Guess, guess he's the worst Sentai blue that I've known. I mean, I've
3: him. seen quite a few Sentai. Be the most I've seen the most in this podcast. I don't mean to brag about that, but like, yeah, I mean, there's not like,
5: yeah. yeah.
4: But is he is he actually worthy of being F tier? Because it's okay. Maybe to not I have guess at best I would
1: say compared to. Compared to other Blues I've... Compared to other Blues I've seen, I would put him down there. Okay, he's... In an F tier? Yeah. Him him and O-Blue are terrible.
5: (laughs) I would probably... Yeah, O-Blue is really bad. I
1: mean, if you...
4: My honest opinion is Dan, a Longwood boy, belong in D tier. I
3: I could see justification to put him in D tier. I mean, now... Clarify, Don is not the worst Blue Ranger ever in any show. That's Dax from Operation Overdrive. No questions asked. But, but
5: yeah, but even Sentai, like, I guess he's
3: technically the worst Blue that I've seen. But, yeah,
5: yeah.
4: But, but, see, then that tells me that across all Sentai, there's not a Blue that you want to punch in the face.
3: There's a couple of other rangers of colors that I want to punch in the face, and I'm not talking about the one that you're talking about, Riz. There's probably a few others, but uh...
4: No, I know. I know there's others that we want to punch in the face. There's a couple of
5: others I want to punch in the face, but but when I when I I think of F tier I think about
4: characters like he who will not be named because I really, 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 really don't like him and other characters who I also want to punch in the face. I don't stand in the face. I just don't like him. He's boring. That's it.
1: I mean, that can be seen as F-tier material depending on who you're talking to. Well, yeah, but I mean,
4: like, he's just there. He, he doesn't... See, the way I define F-tier is he, they have to be egregiously bad to the point where you can't stand their existence.
5: But nothing y'all have said have told me that he's that bad. Yeah, I know he's
4: bad, but he's not like F-tier bad. But I guess I just view F-tier a little bit differently.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would put F-tier as characters that are egregiously bad and or completely forgettable. Like, Dan is... He might as well just be a cardboard cutout that you just sit on the stage, and he just stands there and does nothing. Mm-hmm. If, all he did is if, if, say Dino Buckler. That's if, all if, if, I, if, that's, if that's the way I describe you, then you're F here, because you're, yeah. you don't even have a character at that point. So why would I rank you any well, I still have a few that? Sentai
3: I need to watch, but I'm hoping to have seen, like, every Sentai all the way through, mm-hmm. and, like, maybe... Two or three years. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll find someone worse, but you guys know when that time comes.
4: Yeah, because, you know, my (laughs) list of people I want to punch is Dan, the guy from Nin -Nin Ninzer to Red. I think his name is Takahata or something. I want to punch those two. Um, (laughs) Lucky. I, every now and then I want to punch them, but it's not like a violent, I want to punch them, it's just more of a dude setup. And I think Anthony can understand what I'm trying to get at there with that one. Yeah. But, you know, like, beyond that, like, not a ton of people I really want to punch in the
5: face. Uh, Do we have any uh, closing thoughts uh, regarding G-Ranger before we wrap up here, guys? Yep. What's that. I have one closing thought on Zeo Ranger.
4: Our analysis of Zeo Ranger is more detailed than anything the writers put into Zeo Ranger. That's true.
1: It's like because we're actually tr- because we're actually trying.
4: And I
3: know that uh,
1: everyone wants to ask yeah. a
3: question, uh, how much more of Geo Ranger do we have? Well, uh, thankfully, we're only going to be doing two more podcasts of Geo Ranger. Uh, we're going to be doing this one, and then uh, we've decided we don't want to give the in-game arc the honor of giving it its own podcast. We're just going to tack it on to another podcast. Only two more Ranger reviews, <laughs> so I, I know everyone's excited to be done with that, because then we get to move on to some actually good Sentais. So
5: We get to move on to the audio drama, which I'm really excited to hear Patrick talk about. Why me specifically?
4: (laughs) Because Anthony and me and Nate have already listened to some of it. Oh, okay. We're caught up. Yeah, me and Anthony are caught up. Nate's almost done with season one. You've seen nothing so far, so I'm excited to hear what you think.
3: Uh, Were we going to do all three seasons or just seasons one and two? Because I don't think they're done with season three yet.
4: We're just doing season one and two. We'll do season three whenever they're done. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That is our schedule, guys. Uh, next time we're going to be doing uh, G Ranger uh, 34 through uh, 42, and no, 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 33 through uh, 42. And then uh, we're going to be doing a one final one where we basically do uh, 43 all the way to episode 50, where everything just wraps up, and then we'll be done with this Sentai. This was Patrick's idea. I just want to I just want everybody to be clear. This was Patrick's idea to
1: have us do this Sentai. So, but anyway, I mean I I mean I'm being reassured. So it was worth it. <laughs> 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 I- Meanwhile, Anthony's in the doghouse.
5: Wait, what?
4: Meanwhile, you're in the doghouse for suggesting Gekki Ranger.
5: <laughs> Listen. <laughs>
0: You're not, you're not gonna keep my bug me this forever now. I'll, I'll I will start to get annoyed with you now. <laughs> so it's just like, no. <laughs> I'm
3: doing this to me. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, he, I hope that, you know, I guarantee that Riz will be away Gingaman or Time Ranger and then he can forget all about it. Not all about it, but.
0: He won't forget. He's not gonna forget this. He's gonna be old as I don't know what. So, like, like, literally, like the creepy. He's like, Cookie Ranger! <laughs> <laughs> Jump! <John! laughs>
1: Anyway, with that, that'll be Riz's dying breath. I hate Chan, <laughs> and then he's gone. <laughs>
3: anyway, uh, anyway, like I said, that's our schedule. We're going to be wrapping up G Ranger in two podcasts. Uh, after that, we're going to be doing a one, um, you know, two whole podcasts dedicated specifically to seasons one and season two of the Power Rangers audio drama after which we'll move on to uh, Time Ranger. We hope you guys will join us all for that. Thank you guys so much for checking us out whether it's on YouTube, Spotify or iTunes. If you are watching this on YouTube, please leave some comments down below cuz remember we will uh, give shout outs to uh comments left, you know, we'll um we will uh, you know, take a time in a segment of our podcast to uh, read them if need be uh with that said um we will see you guys next time when we continue geo ranger we only got two more podcasts we can do this we just need to power through it until that time we will see you guys later you guys stay safe we love you and may the power protect you